Hey, welcome to Quick Save. It is the Save Room's little brother. And happy Halloween, Daniel. Happy Halloween, Kevin. Ooh, Ooh look at my little ghoul go. Ooh. <laughs> You've been coming at me all week about that. Apparently that's my Halloween spooky sound, but you think it's... Immigrant uh, song. Half of immigrant song. <laughs> Am I not wrong? Chat, let me know if I'm not wrong. I, I feel it. Ooh. Wait, no, 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 no. Ah, oh, it is. It isn't is. It? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, hey, that's that's okay because that's in the spirit of taking a thing that's one thing and turning it to another, such as Michael Myers's mask is a William Shatner mask, spray painted white. Is it? It is. Okay. Yeah, for the original Star Trek series, they had masks uh, out. I've seen it side by side. It's uh-huh. really weird looking because it, one, doesn't look like William Shatner, and two, it's really hard to, like, now that you know Michael Myers, mm-hmm. to separate that vision. But I could see it because I know they did a lot of weird prosthetic stuff on set back in the day, so. You think there's any prosthetic things? I, I'm pretty sure they had a budget of $14 for the original <laughs> Halloween. Like, I don't think they could afford the mask they wanted to use mm-hmm. from the Spirit Halloween store that they purchased it from. And they're just like, whoa, what do we got? And it's like, well, I got some fucking spray paint. <laughs> the world is our oyster at this point. It is. Daniel, we are talking about a film today. Halloween, the sequel to Halloween. So, Halloween 2018, the sequel mm-hmm. to Halloween... 1978. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which uh, apparently ignores Halloween 2, uh, Halloween 3, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, 6, Halloween Red Version, Hollywood <laughs> Blue Version, Hollywood Soul Silver... Hollywood? Hollywood. <laughs> uh, Halloween Go for mobile, okay. and even Halloween Let's Go... Myers. Okay. Wow. That's a good take there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're wiping the continuity. So they're doing the days of future mm-hmm. past with the Halloween movies. Sort of without trying to bridge it with time travel or recasting people. Okay. Essentially. Well, I mean, no, yeah, they, they, they maintain some, some cast members. There. Okay. Now, no James McAvoy's were harmed in the filming of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> None of them. Okay. Not at all. Uh, what if James McAvoy was actually Michael Myers for like half the film? He's too small. He's too small? Yeah. No, he's he's no, little Michael. No, didn't you see him in the trailer for, uh, what is it? What are we on? Glass? Oh, you're right. Yeah, it he, could have been one of his personalities. <laughs> where he is straight up. <laughs> Bounding across a field. <laughs> on all fours. He looks like shirtless. the Hulk. I don't understand how a man looks like he transformed without doing anything to his body whatsoever. Like all method he, acting. All he did was took take off his shirt and it's just like, holy shit. I am the beast. The beast is cometh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's not get off track here. Reel so, it in. Halloween 2018, directed by David Gordon Green, as written by Mr. David, a Mr. Danny McBride. Yeah. Don't let that surprise you. No. And uh, Jeff Fraidley. Don't know what Jeff does, but hey, shout out, Jeff. You but wrote something. These people have been known to work together in the past on such productions as what? Vice Principal, Eastbound and Down. You need to get it right, dog. Vice Principals? Yeah. Eastbound and Down. Plural that shit. Okay. And yeah, uh, yeah. Pineapple Express. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they are traditionally from a comedy background. And side note, Vice Principals is brilliant. It's it's kind of like a fuck you comedy, but the way it's shot and the way that it uses music and the way it tells its story 
is next level. It's an HBO show. I recommend that you check it out because okay. it honestly informs this film. I don't think anyone's ever going to make that comparison, but I watch Vice Principals and watch this and go like, yeah, dude, that style's still there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sure. what approach in terms of just how they film or the way just they, they f- do their subtleties and dialogue? or Exactly. Just okay. like how they frame shots, how they focus on certain things. It's okay. a very filmic show for being something that's, again, a fuck you comedy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just a fun, it's so interesting to me that this is another example halloween Mm -hmm. of filmmakers from a comedy background getting horror right Mm -hmm. just nailing horror i mean we look at jordan peele for get out yeah going from key and peele to that and i feel like that worked for him very well because a lot of that stuff was very dystopic and satirical and i feel like he could have honestly taken a skit from that show and transitioned it into a horror movie itself i feel like that was the premise of get out like (laughs) (laughs) true and you know it's like this socially conscious horror movie that's one of the better one of the best that we've seen in years it's one of the best takes on horror that i've seen in like at least 30 years love get out so we gave it a shout out in the 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 spooky room episode you can check that out right now i feel like you can't talk about recent horror uh, movies without mentioning that movie. you should be slapped in the face if you talk about recent horror without get out for mm-hmm. sure absolutely so i love to see that this team kind of like takes the, the the learnings of timing and how do you use the material how do you actually like frame a shot mm-hmm. to get your point across and transitions to horror so masterfully yeah you know so overall high level this is a good film this is a great film I would say it's a very enjoyable film, especially for somebody like me who isn't super nerd with uh, the Halloween franchise. Yeah, I've seen maybe bits and pieces of one, and I saw Halloween H2O and Resurrection. And water. Then, uh, Halloween Water, mm-hmm. yeah. The Shape of Myers. And then the Rob Zombie films more recently, um, where I told you before, like I feel like I haven't even fully seen the first Halloween movie. I feel <laughs> like I just have bits and pieces of it that yeah. my mind is put together to form a big picture. Because how do you not know the story of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode at right. this point? Um, but no, I think it's a very, very good film. It's a testament to all the films that came before it. And I think it's a it's a good modern day slasher mm-hmm. film treatment too. I think when it comes to like the slasher the pantheon of slasher movies, there's Friday the thirteenth, there's Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and then there's Halloween. My favorite pick is Halloween. Mm-hmm. I've always loved John Carpenter's vision. His original film is brutal, simple, to the point. But unnerving, scary. I don't think I've ever asked you like what stands out or what has called you most about his films. The way that, you know, there's kind of an unreality to those other films, especially in Nightmare on Elm Street, because it's all it deals with the surreal like surreality. That's not a word. The surrealness of getting into a mm. dream world. Mm-hmm. And then there's something just so not to make a pun, very campy about Friday the thirteenth. Okay. Whereas Halloween, at least the original and to an extent part two the rest go fucking balls wild yeah <laughs> i will say that there's a reality to it because mm-hmm. the story sets up where it's laurie strode played by jamie lee curtis and her friends living their life in haddonfield doing their day-to-day whatever late 70s kids do not that they're in their 70s they're now in their 70s <laughs> <laughs> but you know whatever they do and then suddenly there's this presence there's this force the shape michael myers <laughs> That ruins everything for them. You know, fucks them up. And I I just, there's something about John Carpenter's take on horror that he finds this this bent that you didn't think would fuck you up, but does. You know, mm-hmm. if you go to The Thing, it's less about the gro- grotesque monsters and more about that kind of unease without trusting or knowing what another person is thinking to an extent. Mm-hmm. 
who they really are. I think he builds horror situations yeah. in really interesting circumstances, like mm-hmm. building a horror in that sort of way in a suburbia that we feel comfortable in, or the stuff that happens in the thing. Like, yeah, not knowing who you can trust, mm-hmm. that, that's really unnerving. So. so here's why this film really works for me. And here's why it doesn't. Okay. It really works for me because out of all 28 of the Halloween films that have released uh, over the 500 years since the first one came out, mm-hmm. this is the first one to really, really respect the tone and vision of Johnny Carp. Okay? Now, it doesn't work for me. And this is probably just only, only ever going to be a complaint that horror buffs have is okay. it's super familiar. If yeah. you have followed all of the sequels... It's going to feel that way. It's going to feel like, yeah, they're hitting the, a lot of beats that I've seen before. But the thing is, with this production crew, with David uh, Gordon Green and Danny McBride's writing and all that, they hit those beats almost pitch perfect each time that they attempt to do something that feels familiar. Mm-hmm. And when they go on their kind of side branch, especially we're going to get into with how they treat Jamie Lee Curtis with her PTSD mm-hmm. and how they do the kind of inverse third act where she's hunting him yeah. versus him hunting her... That's brilliant. That's great. So I think for anybody that hasn't really, like you, for instance, hasn't paid attention to all the fucking sequels, Curse of Michael Myers, Revenge of Michael Myers, the Lazy Sunday of Michael Myers, (laughs) you you know, it's going to be a slam dunk. It's going to be like, oh, shit, this was solid. This was super solid. Well, the thing, there was this familiarity with it for me because, yeah, it is very informed from not only its own history, but 40 years of horror. So, like, there was a familiar- familiarity. When I walked away, I was like, well, this was cool. I don't think I got anything new from it, save what you said about the third act. And I was mm-hmm. like, like, I could have given or taken this movie, but I'm glad they did it because it was a fresh take for the, the series itself. Right. Especially the bent through, like, you know, how has uh, Laurie, Laurie Strode at this point, dealt with something like, what happened in Halloween 1978. So let's... Work. I think that's their coolest take, too. Because, yeah. like, if you want to talk about the things that this movie nails right, it's how she handles her PTSD and how mm-hmm. it permeates every aspect of her life. Because if you want to get down to it, if you're familiar with the whole series, this really is the same plot as Halloween H2O, mm-hmm. but not stupid, not stupidly written, not framed like a fucking uh, early 2000s or late 90s scream knockoff. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's done well it's the same concept done well now let's let's walk through this a little bit so where we're at is 40 years later we've wiped the continuity of everything after the original halloween and apparently that was a very hard choice uh especially danny mcbride was talking about that because he's like he's i love the connection between laurie strode and michael they're uh-huh. brother and sister but we had to get rid of that in order to kind of free us to make it scary again didn't you say they sat down then they watched all 11 movies in succession yeah. to see kind of what the the franchise was identified by and what made it work. And what's right. Like. And you can see the de- the DNA of the franchise at large within this film. Mm-hmm. Although they, they are directly sucking off Johnny Carp. Yeah. They are trying to pay respect to certain... Like, there's a reference to Season of the Witch in there that I was just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's even, uh, you know, the way that uh, Michael's mask looks is very much like Rob Zombie's kind of degraded version of the mask. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a few other beats that are just like, yeah, that's, huh, that's kind of familiar to this or that. But uh, otherwise, it, it, it is beat for beat kind of a, what, what do you want to call it in video game terms? A remastering of the original Halloween? Yeah, you can call it a remastering. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or a soft reboot. Right. Very soft reboot because that happened, but none of the other shit happened. Yeah. Okay? So they are no longer related. They even reference in the film, it was like, hey, wait, isn't, uh, isn't Laurie uh, related to Michael Myers? It's just a rumor. 
Yeah, I like the way they kind of had to address that, because it's like, Mm -hmm. we were thinking about it. We're like, okay, how are they going to handle the elephant in the room with them being related? And it's like, oh, cool. We don't have to worry about that. But I actually like the choice, because it when you remove the intent, when you remove the reason, uh, there's two camps to this. I think you're more on the side of, like, you kind of dig maybe knowing where a killer comes from, right? Um, yeah, I'm of the camp where I I like knowing what informs a killer. Uh, we've talked about this before. I like Scream because you get to know the killers behind the mask. I like Saw because you get to see Jigsaw's motivation. I like John Doe from Seven because you get to know why he's doing the things he does. Rob Zombie's Halloween worked because you get a little glimpse of Michael's history in that sort of origin film sort of way that we do with superheroes. You get more like a 45-minute yeah. glimpse into his history, And you, if you get this sort of um, demystification of him, and I'm like, okay, I can see how he went from being a sort of uh, traumatized child to a stoic, immovable murderer, and it makes mm-hmm. sense for me, and it works for me, whereas I couldn't always get behind the nonstop force of murder that was uh, Mike Myers in the originals. So So I'm going to say this, and this is going to be one of those unpopular opinions, but, you know, it's an opinion. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I adore Rob Zombie's take on Halloween. I really do. As as a film by itself, like, carve it out of the greater scheme of it. It's a great film by itself. It's brutal, Mm -hmm. and I kind of do like that reasoning. Now, you know, you can make the argument that it plays almost like a superhero origin story for a serial killer, because we get that big ol' opening with Michael as a kid and all that shit. We almost get too much. I agree. We get get way too much, and it demystifies the kind of, the presence, the shape himself. Now, the other camp that I agree with is that when you remove the motivations, you cut down to what evil is at its core, which Mm -hmm. is senseless and indiscriminate. And that's what he is. Michael Myers is a shark. He bites you because he's hungry. Mm -hmm. Because he tastes blood and he wants more. Not because he hates you. Not because he has a problem with you. And as this movie illustrates, not because he's trying to fell the, somebody, the one that got away. Yeah. You know, they handled that a little loosely because, like, I thought I was actually watching um, Half in the Bag, uh, their review of it. And mm-hmm. one point that they made was that, you know, what was actually the greatest thing is that Laurie Strode has spent 40 years obsessing, training, uh, just totally stifled in her life by paranoia that trickles down to her family members, her daughter Karen, and eventually her granddaughter. Uh, Allison. Thank you. Yeah. And. Michael, like they should have played it where Michael doesn't give a shit about her. They they show multiple scenes where he just goes on a fucking killing rampage. Mm-hmm. They even explain where it's like, yo, it's like Pringles. Once he once he pops, he cannot stop. You know, it doesn't matter who he kills; he has to kill. So I would have loved it where it's just like you know she has to wrangle him in at some point, but that doesn't happen. Like the the movie somehow like Deus Ex Machina's its way to her in the climax, and I was like. It, feels a bit forced yeah we'll say that i don't i don't know how they get him from being incarcerated to being on the bus to getting Mm -hmm. to her complex at the end of the movie but they make it happen because it needed to happen i can walk you through this very quickly if you guys want a fucking total spoiler time guys walk away if you want no spoilers for halloween the sequel to halloween not to be confused with halloween 2 which was the sequel to halloween don't even worry about nothing what i'm saying okay 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 so the film opens... 40 years later. ...with uh, these two podcasters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about these podcasters who are basically trying to get the story of Mike Myers, and they want to basically deconstruct him and learn what makes the man tick. So as a podcaster myself, we've been in the game for about two years. Yeah, roughly. Um, I'm going to say that podcasters are immoral. 
Um, they're a senseless lot, and they're no better than the mass killer at the at the center of this film because they instigate Michael. They sh- Michael has been chilling in asylum in Smith's Grove for forty fucking years, eating his applesauce and doing his arts and crafts, not worrying about shit. And they show up and go, Michael, can you can you tell us? Why, Michael? Why? Gets me the mask. Gets me the mask. Dangles his murder mask that he used to kill fucking teenagers in 1978 and awakens the demon, essentially. It is such an interesting, like, pressure cooker of a scene (laughs) where, like, you feel the tension of everybody in the yard noticing what's happening. Like, oh, shit. Mike's about to go off. It's about to happen here. Yeah, and then it slam cuts into the fucking intro with the theme done by Johnny Carp himself. Oh, man, The Shape Returns is so fucking good. Yes. But what the f- what's the point, podcasters? You trying to get that fucking Me Undie sponsorship? It's like, yo, they don't care about these fucking cookie cutter killers. We need to go after The Shape. Like, we need- <laughs> get out of here with your bullshit. If you have a long weekend of killing ahead of you, don't get blood on your pants. Use Blue Apron. <laughs> Cover the stains. <laughs> Order now and get a free butcher's knife modeled after the babysitter killer from 1978. Speaking of serial killer stressing you out, are you on the run? Try hymns. Like, <laughs> what? Man, Michael Myers sure had me pulling out my hair. That's why I got four hymns. <laughs> what is this bullshit? Okay, so we smash cut, awesome intro. We are reintroduced to Laurie Strode 40 years later. Very interesting and very, like, She would be, what, 59 or 60 in this telling? Yeah. Okay. uh, 59, 60-ish at this point. And one of the things that apparently Jamie Lee Kurt was very uh, pushing for was that the nature of PTSD means that she pretty much stopped her life when she was 17 after Mm -hmm. these killers. Or after, I'm sorry to say, the one killer ruined her life, essentially. So she's essentially the same person that she was Mm -hmm. in 1978. She has the same haircut, okay? Yeah, she does. And there's one detail I did not notice that I saw in an interview. Um, David Gordon Green was just like, so what is Laurie Strode like doing in the morning? They're showing a shot of her in her house. And it's like, well, she'd be doing the same thing that she would have been doing when she was 17. She's having strawberry milk. And apparently that's something she was doing in the original film. <laughs> oh wow i didn't even notice that did not no one would notice wow. that dude but that's the kind of thing where it's like well after 40 years does she have a good reason she fucked up her kid's life dude she had her kid training with guns and shit like, yeah because you... she knew that maybe one day michael would come back or some horror would revisit them and she's like i need you to be prepared because i wasn't <laughs> dog i would have given up at like year 20 year 22 I mean, Josh Hartnett made it out okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Halloween H2O. Like, he fared all right there. <laughs> yeah, he fared all right. Like, you know? And that that's having a pretty adverse uh, effect on her family. She's kind of ostracized, and she is, you know... <sighs> it seems like Karen, played by Judy Greer, landing mm. those stellar roles. Oh, she was right. awesome. She was actually She's one great. of my favorite parts of the movie. For sure. She kind of tries to push her daughter away from forming that relationship with her Nima, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, but you can imagine, dude, like what what happened in those 40 years? Like every time they have Thanksgiving and somebody brings out a butcher knife to carve the turkey, she's fucking like, she's locked and loaded. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> she's getting everybody into the storm cell. <laughs> like, you know, like that's what's happening to her. But... Every holiday, you got to bring out the plastic silverware just for safety measure. 
<laughs> it's rough around the Strode house. It is. Yeah, it's rough around the Strode house. So we go on and then, you know, circumstance, let's skip ahead a little bit. Circumstance gets Michael the fuck out of Smith's Grove, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's being transferred from one facility to the next. It's actually a high publicized event. People know what's going to happen. Yeah. Reporters are covering it, all this other stuff. Lori's out there with her fucking cigarette like, I see that motherfucker. I see him going. Right. I think they lock eyes at one point. That was such a cool scene because it was such a Johnny Carp 70s scene mm-hmm. of like, there's nothing big happening except for like just the tension of this character watching her fucking assailant from 40 years ago with a fucking loaded gun and is like the moment that he gives me a reason i'm going to take it it doesn't borrow too much from rob zombie but it does borrow the psychological trauma and aspect and i think it handles that very well right and a different bent because it's far more interested in laurie than it is with michael and yeah I think that's the right choice again i think that's the right choice yeah, make this movie about laurie and her kids because that's what matters or rather her daughter and then we're okay so here's one of the weaker elements for me Mm. we're also introduced to michael's new doctor sartain who apparently was a student of loomis how convenient is he a serial killer enthusiast like what's his bent he's a fucking (laughs) fanboy michael myers he's essentially uh rob zombie but as an old man (laughs) just rubbing his genitals all over fucking william shatner masks (laughs) jacking off wearing the mask So he he manufactures like what what you assume to be Michael's breakout, you know, because mm-hmm. he's there. He he really wants to make sure he's there for that transfer, right? Yeah, right, right. We don't see it, but yeah, we know okay. it's what's happening. Behind we know the that's what's going on essentially. And um, <laughs> we also get this great aside with a father and son moment that stumble upon this bus of uh, of crazies that that are let loose into the night. The father who wants the hunt and the son who just wants to dance. Tiny dancer, dance your soul away, man. It's one of my favorite moments in the movie. I'm sure it struck a lot of people as really bizarre, but I was like, now nah, I'm here for it. They snapped that kid's neck. <laughs> like, I forgot about They snapped his fucking neck. He'll never dance again. No, sir. Well, he his dancing legs dance are still again. good to go. <laughs> the open casket's just his dancing feet. <laughs> So Michael is back in Haddonfield, despite the fact that, I don't know when he learned how to drive, because he spent most of his life in an institution, but he learned. Uh, He can go anywhere, but he's like, fuck it, Haddonfield's my stomping ground. It's Halloween! (laughs) I'm at my fucking peak here, let's go, bitches. (laughs) We're treated to a series of brutal murders, and it's interesting. I think you were talking about how they they, they show you two kinds of uh, movie killings, essentially. Mm -hmm. Those that leave it up to your imagination, and those that are just like, nah, dog, you're gonna see eyeballs flying. Well, they do the really subtle camp of like uh 70s and 80s horror that's more Mm -hmm. built in subtleties and things that you build up in your mind like um when he's killing his way through the gas station and he's chasing the female podcaster across like the bathroom stalls and he basically drops like this cascade of teeth on her like these fucking skittle droplets of teeth and she's like oh god excuse me this stall is occupied and he's like no here's more teeth have some more teeth i would love that cut where he just keeps on dropping teeth can't stop how many mouths did he have to fucking pick apart for this? Like, holy shit. So, like, there's that, um, there's the one with the, uh, the pumpkin, uh, after he kills the cops, and he basically spends, like, 15 minutes reorchestrating a human head into a pumpkin, and then there are the more brutal kills that they show you, a la, like, Rob Zombie. My dude has an appreciation for arts and crafts. Like, it's not enough to kill somebody, he's just kind of like, I'm bored. Like, my dude doesn't have a Game Boy, so he's gonna fucking carve somebody's head hollow and put a candle in it, Yeah, 40 years in in a state penitentiary, he missed out on a lot of video games. Really, though. So we're treated to just a series of killings and one really fucking great one-shot. Some fucking, uh... 
what's his name? Uh, Alfonso Kiron kind of one shot. <laughs> well, you always say it's like akin to like Children of Men, like the Ooh. continuous one shot. Was Alfonso's that... a director. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. He also directed uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, don't friend. come at me with that. I know that one. I'm going to come all over That's... you with that. Oh. <laughs> but no so they intro this shot i think it's what on halloween night mm-hmm. um you get a lot of cool callbacks you get him basically killing his way five minutes through a suburban town a lot of neck snapping you get the the mask scene which is like a, a nod to what season of the witch oh that's true the kids are wearing uh the pumpkin mask and i think the the skeleton mask and mm-hmm. shit yeah season of the witch where I, I think i showed you one scene from it how do you feel uh it was weird it was very unnerving and i didn't understand how it fit into the halloween <laughs> franchise at all well johnny carp was just like dude you everyone does realize we killed michael myers in part two he's dead yeah we shot him in the eyes twice and then set him on fire incinerated him so what's the next new unstoppable evil Oh, yes. Corporations. <laughs> like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, honestly, John Johnny Carp is a man after my heart. That would be my next thought. <laughs> well, you showed me the scene, though, and you're like, this is my dad. This is Bill Pape's favorite horror scene in anything ever. My dad? Okay. <laughs> Bill Pape is not a man that traditionally hails film. He, he prefers a mystery novel and a Diet Coke, okay? Mm-hmm. Now... He came to me at the recommendation. He's like, yeah, you should watch Halloween 3, actually. The third one, I think. Because it's the only one that doesn't deal with that that fucking asshole with the mask. And it has this one scene where there's a kid that has snakes and bugs flying out of his goddamn eyes when he's watching this this, uh, TV recording. And he even told me, he's like, I always remember the song. Three more days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Three more days to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. (laughs) He sang it to me. You can tell that your father probably hated being a father. <laughs> Such a distaste for children. <laughs> Why? Because he was recommending that and fucking Alien and Aliens yep. to me. For some reason, he's just like, you know, you like horror. <laughs> but you showed me this scene, and it was yeah. one of the most intense moments where a kid puts on a mask, and then bugs start crawling out, centipedes and snakes and beetles. I'm like, what the fuck? And then they start consuming his parents. <laughs> It was a trip. It was a trip. It really was. It really was. But yeah, so they do a, an homage to that in this this crazy cool uh, long shot mm-hmm. that they set up. Oh, is that what we're talking Yeah. And <laughs> we're going back to the long shot. Yeah. Sorry, I thought we were just reviewing Halloween 3 seasons of The Witch. <laughs> so uh, Circumstance eventually has it where uh, Laurie gets in on the action again and we are introduced to some other characters. Actually, uh, uh, Allison gets fucked up first, essentially, because mm-hmm. she's, she's basically living the life Laurie had, you know, hanging out with her friends. Yeah. Has the asshole boyfriend who's cheating on her and he never gets his. What the fuck? No, he gets away. They do this weird, like, gender swapped, um, Bonnie and Clyde, but he ends up making out with another chick and they have a fight and that's that. And yeah, he doesn't get murdered for any other reason. Dude, he- horror, horror movie rules dictate that he gets stabbed. 14 million times yeah. but whatever i guess we didn't have it but we do get his his buddy gets friend zone pretty hard oh my god allison. the friend zone hurt around the world yo he tries to go in for the kiss on allison and it's like that's not happening first of all overstepped a bound right yeah. there and he's like what all the signs were there it's like no you drunk no. idiot yeah she walks away michael's just like hey man you can kiss me and stabs him a bunch of fucking times and then <laughs> and fucking fashions him on a fence <laughs> makes him a friend zone decoration oh my god <laughs> it's really great first of all did you have a favorite kill in this film um because friend zone was mine that was a good one i yeah. like some of the subtle ones like um 
oh god the ghost sheet kill was pretty good yo that whole scene was really good though um because you really i liked vicky vicky was a good character vicky and her infinite thirst for dry fucking (laughs) what is going what's happening is there an overpopulation problem in haddonfield after michael myers stopped killing so they have to dry fuck in order to stop it's haddonfield's national pastime (laughs) and then the one dude is his name dave Dave. he shows up with a tattoo it says 1031 18 and she gets so fucking horny for it she's like i've never seen fresh ink like that before baby holy sh- i don't understand <laughs> she goes for it what gets people off but then again in a town that has a hist a legacy of murders mm-hmm. whatever i'm yeah. as, as long as it's not furry but shit. that felt like a really cool callback to like previous halloween installments or even the one with uh 2007's rod zombies halloween where um it's a snapshot of a babysitter doing what she does and she gets home invaded and murdered and basically trapped by this killer right and it was actually kind of a tasteful kill because they didn't go too hard on it but yeah. it was still like one of those it was yeah one of those it wasn't like you didn't want to have happen well it wasn't the one from um halloween 2007 where like she's topless and getting murdered all over the place and her tits mm-hmm. are dragging across no it was it was a little more tasteful it was it was it was is good still don't understand why like mikey's like man this is there's just something incomplete about Ooh, let me cut some holes into a sheet and make it spooky it's pretty spooky <laughs> what's going on i man? give him a nine out of ten for that display it was good <laughs> and then oh can we give a shout out to uh the character's name is julian the little uh, black kid that she was oh uh, so good babysitting. yeah he was the audience in that moment just going like um there's someone upstairs <laughs> i know people probably hated it but honestly yeah. it was like kind of a moment of necessary comic relief and mm-hmm. it was handled so well like granted the kid's like screaming like oh my god dave go get like go help vicky go go beat his ass but like i don't know i dug it i was there for it people were having a problem with some of the uh, comedic moments to this and i'm just like well i mean of course even get out had some moments fuck the ending of get out is a surprise joke so it is yeah when his friend shows up (laughs) yeah just like relax dude like i i like it you know name me one horror movie that didn't have like bad misplaced comedy to it like all horror (laughs) movies try and kind of straddle that but i think this movie does it tastefully enough and so i mean some of it probably didn't land for me i'm sorry i had such a fucking lightning rod moment of like bad misplaced humor cabin fever Oh, God. Where Eli Roth shows up himself and goes, face! <laughs> he did, didn't he? I cringe eternally because of that scene. And you're a huge Eli Roth fan. I'm an Eli Roth fan. I don't know. I've aged. Okay. When I was 15, I was a huge Eli Roth fan, mostly because of his commentary for that fucking movie. Because mm. he was just like, yo, fuck Wes Craven for his stupid uh, self-referential scream movies. It's the death of horror. It's why we haven't had good horror movies Fair. in 10 years. And I was like, damn, this guy's telling it like it is. And then like, oh, you know, when I actually started expanding <laughs> my interest in what I was listening to, I was like, oh, you're just like a Redditor that got a hold of a camera. Listen, we all had troubled beginnings. I used I to know. love Chuck Palin. I grew up too, you know? It is what it is. Chucky Pow. Chucky P. Another kill that worked for me was the the head stomp. That was really oh. crazy. Yeah, we finally get rid of that shitty character, Sartain. Because mm-hmm. like okay, the entire movie, people were just like wanting Michael to talk to them. Tell us why you killed him. Look at the mask, Michael. Talk to me. <laughs> Speak to me, Michael. And he's like, yeah, sure. Talk to the chat. Stomps his goddamn head in. <laughs> you know, there's nothing to say. Michael, read our ad endorsement for MeUndies. <laughs> just nothing i love that was the point though they were like yeah. no he's a senseless killer you're all idiot. he probably has the mind of a child yeah and you're all like placing more more kind of like uh 
weight to his actions as if he's methodical he's not he just snaps somebody's fucking I mean, neck much like we think of the trauma and ptsd of Lori and how she's probably cemented in amber for all the years of what happened to her back in the 70s it's probably the same way with mike and his trauma like way back in the day like he's probably still stuck as a child experiencing the trauma that he had so mm, true and although that one scene with the two cops where he uh makes the cop car crash into the tree that was some assassin's creed shit that was brilliant that's some high level distraction <laughs> shit right there you got a fucking 9.0 for that sneak one, level nine right there i like that we have different rating systems for <laughs> skills. so eventually eventually well first of all can we talk about uh jamie lee curtis for a second sure one of the best parts of the film her her interpretation of that uh laurie struggling with that for 40 years and us not having like a kind of a solid through line where you're like yeah i agree you've been kind of shitty to your family mm. dude because you're haunted by this thing that well oh, probably oh, isn't gonna happen God. now i think it's a <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry how dare you nine inch nails at me sir ha, 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 did. <laughs> so i i don't know how to feel about the whole well i mean it's a 40 it's a 40 year i told you so he eventually shows up because of a meandy sponsorship but you know for the most part she kind of fucked up those relationships yeah. you know and like i love that they show that that kind of torture there where she she feels so steadfast but everyone around her is tortured by it they're trying to tell her like mom you get an interesting snapshot of that where she shows up for allison's i think like her honor society dinner and you're not sure yeah. if she's even going to show because she's preparing and doing what she does to get ready for michael's uh, release and you're like Oh, she's gonna fuck up this one, but then she shows up. She seems disheveled and distracted. Drunk. She actually shows up drunk. drunk, and uh, yeah, it's interesting to show her pandemonium amongst like the normalcy of the family. Mm-hmm. Who at this point it's just like we've heard the stories of the boogeyman, but that's all it is. It's stories. He's mm-hmm. gone. He's locked up, and then it happens, <laughs> you know. And then we finally force the conflict, uh, which. It's a brilliant third act. I love the third act, actually. It's probably one of the most memorable acts that I mm-hmm. can remember in uh, recent years. And fun facts all around. So the intro of the film, they wanted to actually uh, cap off 1978's Halloween. Mm-hmm. So they were going to do kind of like this period piece recreation of the, uh, the, the, the house from the climax. Okay. Um, but John Carpenter even said, like, you don't have to do that. You need to trust your audience. Like, like you're saying, it's like, I haven't even seen all of Halloween and I know the story. Mm. So he's just like, have faith in your audience. You don't need to do that. Just jump right into it. But they still had this set that they built. They ended up making that the compound that Laurie lives in, which is kind of like outside of Haddonfield and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is that certain rooms are supposed to be a replica of the last house from the first film. Oh, interesting. And so there's this one scene where Laurie gets dropped off the balcony, much like Michael did in the original film. And he gets distracted, looks back. She's gone from the ground, mirroring that scene perfectly. That's actually a replica of the room, too. It's something that nobody would notice uh-huh. unless they told you. But I just, I just think it was such a brilliant, like... Yeah, you told me about wow. that parallel. And I was like, that's actually a really nice touch. And especially mm-hmm. for people have been following the franchise for 40 years that like that must have been cool to see right and so. she she has this fucking um this booby trapped house well i was just like whoa it is epic like <laughs> when she starts corralling her family members and like putting them in like the sub basement yeah where that's like basically covered up by like a moving uh kitchen countertop yeah it's so cool and then like she has like this surveillance system all set up and she's basically Mm -hmm. just preparing she has artillery she has weapons she has traps 500 locks on the front door oh my god it's even though michael is able to easily like elbow it for some reason i don't (laughs) understand that but okay yeah i don't know yeah 
But that that final confrontation throughout the house, like not just with Lori, but with the rest of like the Strode family, it's it's so mm-hmm. crazy cool and interesting to see. Some of my favorite bits are from that movie, especially the music. Again, John John Carpenter, who did the music with his kids, because he's apparently a the Carpenters are roving across the country playing <laughs> tunes from his old movies. I love that. The Jackson I Five of Horror. Love that. Yeah, my my well, dudes out there playing fucking video games like on the tour bus, like Borderlands and shit. Oh yeah, that's you cool. Know, you know, I met his wife. At a convention, right? Yeah, at C2E2, years back, a woman comes up and is just like, oh, my husband would love these Borderlands shirts, because I was working at uh, the Glitch booth. Uh-huh. And we get into it, and I'm just like, yeah, who, who's your husband? She's like, oh, John Carpenter. And I was like, the pr- Prince of Darkness, the thing in the mouth of madness, John Carpenter? And she's like, um, One or what? only, yeah. Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> Most people say Halloween. I was like, no, 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 no. C- Christine? <laughs> she's like, yes, I get it, I get it. She actually gave me a USB... Um, drive of like a comic book that they were promoting oh cool and it was it was a usb that was like an upside down cross wow <laughs> which was really cool yeah i met his wife she was super chill but that you told me that and i was shocked because i went to you at one point during the movie and i was under the impression because atticus ross and trent reznor had done the theme it was a few years ago well, at this point no no no. it was actually like last year almost was it only last year only last year they, they did a they did a theme themselves of it and even john carpenter gave it like a thumbs up but i think they recently like pressed it to vinyl too which is pretty yeah cool. yeah um but i thought they had done a lot of the sound design and music for it because it felt very reznor-esque and you're like no it was john carpenter and the little carpenterettes mm-hmm. and i'm like oh cool i didn't mm-hmm. know that Damn, and they added some shit that we've never heard in a Halloween movie, like that one, that guitar. Oh, God, the way it like bubbles and like builds is so cool. Yeah, and I love that we actually get to see Michael get fucked up in this movie. He's not just like an invincible force, because like the older movies, they couldn't decide if he was like a demon or summoned by a cult or maybe the, the rage gets transferred between people. Fuck you. They even thought he was Big Brother at one point. I <laughs> Buster Rhymes busting it. That should have been the fucking third act. Buster Rhymes shows up like he booby trapped cameras everywhere. He comes in, he's like, "Give me some more, Michael." And Michael's like, "Oh, I'm defenseless." Yo, Laurie Strode is on like last wire, about to get killed, and here comes back flipping Buster Rhymes doing his roundhouses, spitting verses, and kicking him down. <laughs> that's the ending. I would I would have been like, "That's fine." Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> that totally works, but. We get this really cool moment with Karen where she fakes his ass out in the basement. Oh, mom, I can't do this. And of course, you know. Michael preys on it. Yep. Shows up and she's like, nah, gotcha. Shoots him right in the fucking neck. God, it's so good. And there's so many cool moments leading up to that too where like he's chasing Laurie throughout the house and she's like hitting these panels on the wall and like sealing off rooms. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, you really had this in your head of how this should play out. You've been planning this probably every day for years that's so evident through everything she does she has been planning it for years she even says to sheriff uh, hawkins that i've prayed every night that he would return so i can kill him by the way sheriff hawkins i want to give a shout out to sheriff hawkins the only reasonable man in a horror movie i've ever seen because his first instinct is when we find michael I don't care about the law. I'm going to shoot him in the face a few times. In fact, I read Dr. Loomis's notes. He recommended the only prescription (laughs) for evil was shooting him in the goddamn eyes 15 times. And then burning the body. And he tries to do that. And then goddamn Sartain gets in there and stabs him in the neck. Like a wacky villain. Jesus Christ. That was so dumb. He was like a caricature of villains that we never want to see. It's one of those painful horror movie moments where you're just like, no, no, he's a trained officer. He should have shot Sartain 15 times and then reloaded and shot Michael 15 15 more more times. (laughs) 
Sartan, if you were still alive to this day, we would uh, grant you a honorable save room handy for your work in Haddonfield. Uh, no, you mean you mean Hawkins, Hawkins, Hawkins. Sartain didn't do oh, shit no, fuck except him. for we're fuck cutting the his plot. dick off. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> he, he fucked the plot left and right. <laughs> um, and the final moments of the movie play out mm. very cool. Um, you have the fake out scene. You have the reversing of the roles between uh, Michael and Laurie, and then you mm. have the moment in the back of the truck with the three Strodes. That's really cool, and it's it's very empowering to see them all together having overcome this this nightmare. Three generations of Strode. Um, and then we see Allison holding Michael's knife, which is everyone, you can find every IO9 and fucking Forbes article about yeah. how it's the de-empowerment of Michael Myers taking his phallic symbol of power and a woman is taking it from him after awesome. felling his ass. Great. That's that's it's so good. Do you, perfect do you think, though, if they were to venture to do a Halloween successor, like, I don't know, would it be Halloween 2 or Halloween 3 that would come after this? It's Halloween X2 lightning returns okay halloween x2 lightning returns <laughs> do you think we're gonna get a similar situation like we did with rob zombies halloween 2 um, where you're gonna have 30 minutes of like maybe her reliving a trauma or being very psychologically wrought over the events that happened or do you think she wasn't as steeped in it as some of the other characters because i feel like she didn't get nearly as much chase as like her no, friends did yeah. or Lori did even no no definitely definitely <clears throat> not because like um, uh rob zombies halloween 2 which uneven film brilliant intro we always talk about that intro being great that that intro is um right there with uh i think what friday the 13th 2008 where they do this <laughs> fake out intro. we're not winning any fans by saying the remakes are good no but it's it's just so brilliant the way they build up this moment you're like yeah. holy shit there's this whole horror scenario playing out in the opening minutes of the film oh. and you're like wait no it's only happening in her head that was so cool mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and then the the fake out stuff with friday the 13th that was awesome where, where you get this entire cast that's murdered within 20 25 minutes and then we get a new cast it's like watching two friday the 13th movies in one it's amazing I loved it. it was such a cool little i really high. love that actually but yeah so the uh, halloween 2 that rod zombie did like it had some good moments the paranormal stuff didn't really land for me no but my, my point was do you mm. think they're going to tread a similar path if they were to do a sequel to this um i think one of the things that works is uh dealing with the pathos of lori okay. in this film and maybe that kind of trickles down to the uh, other characters mm-hmm. <clears throat> but honestly if they're gonna do a sequel to this i think they should go buck fucking wild i i wouldn't mind if suddenly they're like hey we're, we're we're fucking making a sequel to season of the witch god you would love I, that i would love that day in day out <laughs> somehow make michael part of that fucking corporation scheme it would give you and bill a reason to bond <laughs> ah daddy now <laughs> what my he's my actual daddy that's true fair. get your mind out of the gutter daniel all right get get you out of there um i don't know i really don't know where to go with this because if they did not make a sequel to this film I'd be fucking A-OK. I'm right there with you. I feel like this movie was self-contained enough in mm-hmm. its franchise history already that, like, right. I was cool with it. I'm like, we we were of a like mind where we walked away and we're like, I don't even know that this really served us in a, a long-term way. We're like, it's a cool movie, but, like, we felt Rob Zombie's movie did more for us mm-hmm. in terms of a lot of aspects where I like what they did. I don't want it to overstay its welcome, though. Right. I don't need it to have, like, a scream three four five six seven treatment or like a hundred iterations like you got it right once you caught the lightning you made it work maybe try something new i can't even think what they would do like would they kill laurie 
You know, we've yeah. already seen that in the franchise. Mm-hmm. We've seen a, a, in the fucking shitty Buster Buster Rhymes film. She gets like stabbed in the first ten minutes. You yeah. know, like what, are we gonna do that and then have the rest of the Strodes go on a revenge quest, or maybe it's Michael? Michael hits the road and he's murdering murdering <laughs> in Haddonfields across America, <laughs> and they're chasing him down as if it's like a weird sequel to Twister. <laughs> The cross-country murder tour. Right. Instead of chasing down tornadoes, they're chasing down Michael Myers in his fucking storm of murder. I wouldn't mind seeing a take with Karen. Uh Maybe her living some of that trauma or having to deal with Michael again or something like that. Like, I want to see more of her because she was very cool. I think it's obvious that, like, audiences are not going to allow Halloween to work without Michael Myers. I just don't think... I'm just really hoping... Don't try to add to his... Play it the same way. Yeah. He is a creature. He is a thing, a presence. He doesn't feel. He can't be reasoned with. There's nothing there. Dr. Loomis said it. When you look into his eyes, there is nothing there. What was your comparison? You compared him to Jaws? Uh, he's very much like the shark from Jaws. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, David Gordon Green said the same thing about him, where he's just like, we treated him like the shark from Jaws. Like He is the entity of the film, and it's where the plot surrounds, but he is not the emphasis of the film. Mm-hmm. He is a tool, you know? Not that I'm saying he's a tool. I'm just saying that he's a tool to be used. In he's, this he's like a plot device story. that moves the other characters along or motivates them. Or right, he spins the wheels for the rest of the film. Essentially, mm-hmm. he is not a character. That's that's. I think that's where a lot of horror enthusiasts felt that Rob Zombie failed. They he was interested in making him a character, explaining his pathos and mm-hmm. whatnot. And maybe that didn't work for this character. And I kind of agree because I really like this film and we didn't get any like, Mikey, why do you do this? <laughs> you know? God, Danny Trejo. Ah, uh, miss. He he owned that role and it was so <laughs> sad to see him go. But goddamn, Get him back, dog. Get, get him, him back. back. He just wanted to help Mikey with his masks. I know. What a good man. But I don't know. Uh, I'd be fine without one. I know they're going to make one. This one did phenomenally well. I think it's sitting at 170 million worldwide. Awesome. Currently, it's yeah. what the best selling horror movie of all time. It dethroned Venom for the top selling movie of October. Which I would almost say that's not hard to do, but it's a PG 13 comic book movie. Yeah. So that actually is hard to do these yeah. days. Halloween fucking did it, son. I'm impressed. So do you think, as a a long-term fan of the franchise, that this landed it for you? I think it landed it. I absolutely think it landed it. I I still have my, like I said, you know, um, not complaints, but my criticisms, just because I'm so familiar with some of the beats that it took and so Mm -hmm. familiar with the rest of the series where, I mean, dude, I've i've seen michael myers 11 times yeah. and i've seen those films multiple times each those movies get kind of tired or even like seeing iterations of the same franchise within itself like they all follow the same beats the same tropes the same comedic errors the same death tolls it, like it it failed to feel fresh after a while you know what though Mm-mm. i think you go absolutely crazy in the sequel and you mm-hmm. make it a greatest hits of the entire franchise we bring back everybody like it's smash ultimate Sacker we get is like everyone's here we get paul rudd back from yes. curse of michael myers yes. we get daniel harris from halloween four and five we get back um uh the 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 one guy with the mutt no he's dead oops uh, yeah. <laughs> we get back uh donald plus oh shit uh we get back oh man they're all gone a lot of dead people Ooh, we get back buster rhymes we get back jason we get back josh hartnett <laughs> and he goes like mom how come uh, you moved out without me <laughs> like <laughs> who's allison <laughs> god josh hartnett that we'll we'll call it uh super halloween <laughs> the super cut <laughs> <laughs> yeah but overall 
You recommend it? Overall, yeah, I could I could recommend it. Um, definitely one of the cooler horror homages that I've seen in mm-hmm. recent uh, years, especially one that has a, a borrowed history. It worked for me on a lot of points, um, as we've talked about. Like the sound design was killer. The cinematography and some of the shots is some of the cool stuff I've seen in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this new era of. Uh, directors that um they're trying to do something fresh but they borrow from the history in very technical ways that works in building scenes or setting stage work <clears throat> that shit like gets me off i love that oh, um, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know that the the script um was always there for me but mm-hmm. like i don't know name me many slasher horror movies where the scripts are good you know <laughs> like, name me many slasher horror movies where podcasters instigate all the murders that's true mm-hmm <laughs> Actually, I think there's like two. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I definitely as a fan of the series at large, a fan of Michael Myers, a fan of John Carpenter, I strongly recommend mm-hmm. it, actually. Uh, like I said, I have my own issues for whatever, but overall, it fucking lands it. By no means a perfect movie, but one we definitely enjoyed. Yep, definitely indeed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, well, happy Halloween, yeah, dude. buddy, buddy boy What are we going to do tomorrow? We got one more day of Halloween left. I don't know. You gonna stream some spooky stuff? I mean, I might. Okay. He's I prob- will. He's probably gonna do it. I think Kevin is gonna be uh, streaming some Resident Evil tomorrow. This might be old news by then, but if you want to catch it on the VOD, check him out at twitch.tv slash the red herb. The VOD? Video of the day, man. <laughs> you, if you want to catch me on VHS, I'm at <laughs> twitch.tv slash the red herb in your local blockbuster video. <laughs> <laughs> well are you do you well you're not gonna be streaming tomorrow no i actually streamed today i played five hours of red dead a little red dead the dead I, in there is spooky uh, yeah it's pretty spooky yeah, yeah. actually i came across a few like kind of like ghost towns that were really oh. eerie yeah maybe you should just stream you just playing around in ghost towns maybe and watching your horse shit it'll be, be actually me menu diving for five hours there's a lot of menu diving. That pretty occurs. scary. It's mostly menu diving, some horse action, and a lot of watching characters walk. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to see me menu dive and play through a Tarantino-esque uh, Western drama, you can find me over at uh, twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. And we do recommend that you pair this Halloween episode <laughs> with another Halloween episode that we recorded a couple weeks back where we talk about nothing but Halloween films, not Rob Zombie or John Carpenter related, but horror films yeah. that we like watching or spooky films that we like watching every halloween i recorded that with jess yeah you it's not it a we it's more of a he with jess it's more of a he with another we you know how it goes yeah. uh and you can catch that on soundcloud.com slash the save room show or you can find our podcast pretty much everywhere on spotify on itunes ditcher google play Intunes? Intunes. I think we're still on that. Yeah, uh podcast, RSS feeds. Wait, what podcast? It's I don't know, it's probably there somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Po- podcast. Po- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you can catch us on Twitter at Save Room Show. You can tweet at us and be like, "Yo, I can't believe you like both Halloween 2007 and 2009 Friday the 13th." You guys are jokes. Your opinions are trash. Right. And then we're going to tweet uh gifts back at you silly yeah. gifts of michael carving pumpkins <laughs> or giving you a thumbs up or skateboarding away all right guys i hope you have a happy halloween a safe halloween but a spooky halloween nonetheless don't do anything that we wouldn't do yeah dial back on the dry fucking uh yeah. watch out for anybody named michael mm-hmm no michael he's not glib he's not glib <laughs> little michael he's, he's not, not glib, glib. <laughs> all right thank <Cut>. you guys <laughs> stupid <laughs>